Hey, Adam. So, uh, most people have heard of Karl Marx, right? Yeah, the guy with the mustache and the cigar. No, that, that's Fidel Castro. <laughs> no, it's Groucho Marx. Oh, Groucho Marx. Yes, Karl Marx. Yes, but you know, most people have heard of of Karl Marx. Sure, but few actually know of his sister Anya. She was an Olympic runner. Did you know that? No, Dave, I didn't. And her name is still mentioned at the start of every race. It's a good tribute. Yeah. Anya Marks, get set, start the show. Brothers, but not by birth. Family, but not by DNA. Dave and Adam are two of a kind, and they want to borrow some of your day to talk into your ear holes about midi-chlorians and roller coasters. Those two things are unrelated, but so are they. They're unrelated at birth, like most people who aren't related. Unrelated at birth, but they're brothers in a brotherly way. Now it's time for the phenomenal brother and the golden voice of the South. The brothers from different mothers, but they're both really proud to be unrelated at birth. And welcome back into a great, exciting, wonderful, unrelated at birth. As always, you've got the one, the only, the golden voice of the South, the human jukebox. Coming to you recorded and in living color, all the way from the frozen tundra, the top of the state of Alabama, in the Unrelated at Birth podcast studios in Madison, Alabama. It's cold here. And as always, I have brought along my friend from the warm, the only warm state in the union right now. He's in his PFG shirt and cargo shorts the one the only the phenomenal brother adam just russell it's 47 here but you're in your cargo shorts yeah it's inside i have a heater i do too but i've got like my hoodie i've got a oh, hat no. I've got a it's 70 it's 72 in the house man come on oh it's 68 degrees in my house but well, that's because you keep it cold i do keep it nice and cool <laughs> especially on recording days when the brain's in full year oh, so right. i have a question Yes. After you introduced your locale and you yes. said, it's cold. Were, were you starting the conversation for getting to bring me in or was that just a statement? No, that was just a statement. Okay, I, was being, I was being very careful after, was it last time that I broke in and I'm trying to follow protocol. So I didn't want to jump in. I was waiting to see if that was like a conversation starter or merely no. a statement. So I, I, mean, I made the right choice, it sounds like. You didn't respond to any of my texts today where I told you how cold it was. I'm busy at work, man. I, today so was I. insanity. What? Insanity. Today yes. was crazy. It was three degrees this morning. You sent me a text. You said, it's three here. T-H-R-E-E. And I am not okay with that. <laughs> well, okay. So hold on. <laughs> I do just for emphasis I do that every now and then. Sure. But it's better than someone who does who's a serial texter, Mr. Adam Russell, who will about. send you two words 
and then five words, and then another sentence. Sure. They're it's, each individual thoughts. Instead of putting it all on one text in a paragraph. Yeah. I, it was funny. There was something. Oh, it was the Stitch sweatshirt thing that you sent yeah. to the Disney's better little thing with me, you, Amanda, and Blair. Right. And uh, our group text. And I didn't realize how that would come across. But Blair's phone, because I was working from home, Blair's phone was out in the living room, and I'm writing in here. And she has this little typewriter thing. It's dun 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 I was like, oh, okay. That might not be the... Maybe that's not the ideal way to communicate. Put your phone on vibrate for Pete's sake. Well, first off, Blair, I love you. You're awesome. But who has their phone not on vibrate mode anymore? Well, she was going around the house cleaning so she could hear it if it went off. Okay. She didn't have her watch on her. and you know. But why wouldn't her watch on her? Because if your watch is on, you can count your steps. If your watch isn't on, then what's the point? We got OTF. We don't have to count steps. Why not? You got OTF. You don't have to worry about things like taking the stairs and counting steps. That's true. <laughs> you get that all in one class. <laughs> Especially this last time, they did one where you ran .6. This was yesterday. And every point one miles, you went up two on the incline. So you went from a one to a three to a five to a seven to an eleven. We don't live in San Francisco, <laughs> okay? This is have Florida. You, <laughs> have you done Everest yet? I refuse to do Orange Everest. Oh, you got to you with got my to Achilles. I, I I have heard horror stories about knees and ACLs and MCLs and all kinds you of CLs. Once. We'll see. Look. If I can exercise in my garage when it's three three degree weather while watching a Bama basketball game on my treadmill. That's just air conditioning can, though. That's just air conditioning though. Oh, there is no air conditioning. no. Dude, yeah, if I it's cannot, cold. That's just I that's, cannot feel my hands or my face after I got done on the treadmill. I can't feel my face. No. No? Okay, sorry. Speaking of songs, and, and I was actually gonna start with this. But, but instead, you chose on your marks. Right. I wrote this down because I, during today at work, and I was afraid I'd forget about it. Okay. But I'm glad I didn't. Me I was too. in a meeting today. Me too, Dave. Do what? I said me too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was in a meeting today, and I, uh, I was focusing and listening to the guy. And then he, he when he brings a story, like he'll say a couple words. It's like you Sorry. serial texting. But he'll... He'll say a couple words and pause, and then say a couple words and then pause. Okay. Yep, kind of. Um, but today he was. It was. This is pause. And in my brain, story of a girl. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> this is why we're on the same wavelength. I can't want to butt him. Who grab a river and drown <laughs> the whole world? Does she, she look, look so, so sad in photographs? Photographs. I absolutely love her. Everybody, when she smiles. <laughs> when she smiles. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, that's why we are doing a podcast together. The same no. brain. Yeah. Same brain. This is also why I'm glad that while oh. the entire city of Huntsville is shut down, I am virtual and I can be on mute and my camera has been off this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, I, I love the, I noticed today, um, just a side little, one of our famous tangents. No. There was a meeting today that was a little bit contentious. That's all I'll say. Oh. And um, no one was on video. Ever. You know, but yeah. just normal things like, hey, I just set up some time 
for me to do all the corporate buzzwords or our synergy to touch base, et cetera. Right. Yeah. One person joins video and then the second person joins video and you're like, Oh, okay. I'll join video. This one, nobody was willing to push the button. (laughs) (laughs) This is when, this is what I would have done. You know, if that, if that's kind of the normal, what happens at work. Oh, sure. In the middle of a meeting, I would have just turned my video on and just start smiling. (laughs) All right, everybody, I'm actually going to come off video while we talk next steps and ownership. (laughs) Who's got the next step? (laughs) I don't want to own any of this. It was hilarious. Anyway. Well, um, we were supposed to record last Wednesday. Yeah. But last Wednesday was a very um, tumultuous time in my life. Was it really? In Adam's life. (laughs) It's been it's been actually the following period of time that's been tumultuous for me. I, I've been that. calling for the guy to leave for years. You have. I can go back and look at my text messages. I won't deny it. And, and I, I I I actually threw this in your face this week. When oh yeah yeah, Adam's sitting there. So you know we're watching games all the last two or three seasons, and I, there's been two or three times where Adam sent me the text. Well, time has passed Nick Saban by. It's time for Nick Saban to retire. It's time to grab. And this week, when he retires, oh, I can't believe he did it. Oh, my gosh. What are we going to do? Our university is in shambles. I never said anything like that. What I said was, okay, this is the very, let me throw something back in your face. Okay. I wish I still had, do I still have the, oh, I'm going to go back to sideline warning. The music, right? Yeah. There was a man who said, let your yes be yes. And when you start something, you see it all the way through. And my only point was, if you're going to sign an extension through 2030, you don't just decide five minutes before the team meeting that, you know what? Yeah. I think I've gotten a little too old for this. Okay, bye. No. All of those books about process and preparation and everybody's got one job was baloney. Baloney. This man won more games at the University of Alabama than anyone other than William Paul Bear Bryant. That's right. He did. This man did not ask us to hold the rope like one Dennis... Franchoni, I believe he deserves to say I'm done when he's done. Do I like it? No. In fact, I told Adam, it hit me a lot harder than I thought it would. It sure did, man. I was talking about you at church today and how you like basically had a small mini midlife crisis. Did you really? (laughs) No, I was picking on it. It was a Florida State fan. And I was like, boy, you think the postseason was rough for you. Let me tell you about my friend Dave. <laughs> I haven't hit refresh on BamaOnline.com more in the last, like I've hit it more in the last week than I have in the last 17 years. Mm. Back before January 3rd, 2007, which I think yeah. we all know what date that was. Yep. So I just, my, my old thing was that I just expected and I know Byrne had a backup plan, and you've touted his well preparedness. 
I, I think I just more expected Saban to have a direct, like, I'm going to choose my guy and I'm going to train him. I was a little just surprised on how sudden, and I was especially just surprised that Mr. Process, it came down to a phone call with his wife for the last five minutes. And then you turn around and you got Greg Byrne meeting a dude once. And I know there's back channel communications that happened before he flew out to Washington. I know. But it's just like, yeah, me and my wife, um, we flew to Seattle and uh, went downtown into a random office building and met the guy. And my wife liked him a lot. So I figured, what the heck? It's like, tell a different story. I know you're not going to tell the Tell a different story. Nick Saban's well, so like, I decided five minutes before the first team meeting of the year that I was gone. And this dude's letting his wife make all the hiring decisions. Like, tell a different story. Here's the thing, man. The other problem you had was you said, oh, when we hire entry-level people, it takes us three weeks, right? Because of us hiring Caleb DeBoe. Caleb DeBoring. Caleb DeBoer, whatever. Caleb DeBoring. CKD. He's Coach, K- Coach KD. Oh, he hasn't um, earned the three initials like Nick has, man. He hasn't dude, earned that yet. We had CMS. That sounds like something you'd take a daytime television medication off a commercial for. That's what me and Mike, having Mike Shula as a coach, felt like that. We We had CMS. We have CMS. All law firm is ready to defend you. Anyway. So, you know, because of us hiring him, and you said, oh, it's only 48 hours. How, How do we do this? There's been a Washington hire, which only took 24 hours. There's been an Arizona hire, which took 12 hours, and there's been a South Alabama hire, which took 24 hours. Yes, and, and I agree with you 100%. The University of Alabama and its, as you called it, football, and I'm putting air quotes for those against can machine, should definitely pattern their hiring decisions after Washington, Arizona, and South Alabama. Boy, we're up there with saying, the best. Sir, what I am saying is that all of these athletic directors, if you are an athletic director worth your weight, mm. you have a backup plan for your backup plan for your backup plan for your backup plan for when your coach calls it quits or decides to do something stupid. I am saying that Greg Byrne had a plan, and he stuck with that plan, almost like he had a, what's the word, Adam? A process. So you're saying that Kay, Kayla DeBoring Kalen DeBoer was his primary? I am. Not the backup. Saying, do what? Not the backup. I'm saying that was his process. His his primary. That was his primary person. I am. I I am look, you and I have dealt with the University of Alabama Athletics for our entire life. Yeah. We've been I'd say probably twenty five years deep into it, correct? Oh, longer than that, man. Well, no, no, no. The internet's been around for 25 years. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, internet, yeah, yeah, yeah. All sure. that stuff. Yeah. We know now Jimmy Sexton, who is agent to all the coaches. Sure. Tactics. Mm. Throw up smoke screen. Get your clients who could be an option, a raise, and then you, you give the person. Get the job, sure. right? Sure. Sark got a raise. Dan Lanning got a raise. Those were the two names. Mike Norvell got a raise. Lord, I'm glad we didn't hire him. I am, too. I am, too. So bad. His team quit on him. Well, he quit on them first. Yeah, that's true. When they announced announced that they were number five, he stood there staring at the screen with 
real disgust on his face. You don't do that in front of your boys. No, no, you no, handle no. it. You say, all right, that. let's go. All right, whatever we got, we're going to handle it the best we can. Right. Anyway, right. Uh, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. But but what I'm saying is the names that were thrown out there, and we saw as soon as Greg Byrne got there, say you will hear names. It doesn't come from me. Yep. It's a it's a rumor. Sure. So we heard these names, and I fell for it. I did. I truly believe they were names that were just those smoke screens to get Jimmy Sexton clients raises. I truly believe that Kalen DeBoer was his primary go-to. You're staring off in the sunset. I'm, I'm nodding my head along with you. I don't, I, I don't have any data. I, I practice what is now, I think I mentioned this on the show, factfulness which is trying yes. not to have opinions that you don't have data to back it up for. And I know that's really hard on a podcast, but I don't yes. have any data to back up or approve or deny that they was the primary. I just don't think that Greg Byrne can hire a big fish. That's not above a Nate Oates level coach. I See, think we're, your- I think we're in for four or five years of nine, 10, 11 win seasons, a couple of appearances in the playoffs where we lose in the first or second round, but there's not a national championship coming out of this coaching staff that's coming in today. Doesn't mean and we I can't think- get there. But it is not going to be something with the people we are bringing in now. There's not a natty in that mix, man. And I think that is the difference between you and I. We have we have to stop looking at football and basketball comparisons here. Football is a different animal than basketball. Oh, sure. Yeah. For basketball, we don't like his style at all. You, we've had this conversation. Nate Oates is a top-tier coach. Talk to anybody who is in the know in basketball. I know Ben Foster is annoying as hell sometimes <laughs> about basketball. I love you, Ben. I did not I say that, you. Ben. Well, Ben's getting married on Saturday. He's probably not really. Us, right? oh, yeah, he man. is. Um, but Ben is definitely in the know with basketball. And if Ben didn't like, if if Nate Oates wasn't a good coach, Ben would tell us. I mean, he turned That's on Aaron Johnson quick. That's true. That's true. So with so with basketball people being in love with Nate Oates, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, but, but Nate Oates did not come to a basketball program whose expectations were lofty either. And I think that's, I think that's going to be the problem we're all going to have over the next four years is it's going to feel really bad, man. It's not going to be fun. I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, in 20 20- – in uh, 2007, I was a lot younger, and I my I, my blood pressure could handle close games, losses. We've spent 17 years getting accustomed to blowouts. Oh, 14. The last three we had been accustomed to that. Yeah, well, expecting wins. You know, it, it should it should honestly be a relief. It should feel it should. it should make football more joyous, but it's not going to. It won't. Not one bit. I, I might need to stock up on more bourbon during now, football season. Do do I think that Kalen DeBoer coached Alabama teams will lose to UCF like we used to in the nineties? No. And, and Louisiana Tech comes into Bryant Denny and makes us look silly. No, that kind of stuff isn't going to happen under him. But I, I don't I don't think in the five years that I predict, five years or less that he will be there, that we will make it past the second round. I disagree. I do. I really do think this is a good I hope so. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. 
I'm telling you, and I, I told you this in a text, and I've told multiple friends this. I am taking a, uh, I'm writing a, a, a log for all the people who are saying, oh, this isn't a good hire. This is probably five years. And I'm going to hold a lank session. For those of you who don't know what lank means, it's let a, a naysayer know. Let a naysayer know. I am okay, going Dad. to hold a lank session when we win the national championship in the next year or two. Okay. Should we, shall we, um, shall we stake bet this? Let's stake bet it. What is your threshold for how many years before a natty has won at Alabama under Kalen DeBoer with at least 50% to 75% of the staff he has today? Something like that. There's got to be stipulations. Cause if he goes and like Kirby smart has a horrible year at Georgia and they decide to kick him off. And now Kirby smarts, the DC, we're going to win a national championship, right? Like I'm talking under current conditions, right? At most, I say four years, four years at most. So I think we can do it next year. So if <laughs> Jalen Miller is going to have to learn to run a read option on fourth down, if we're going to win a national championship, Jalen Milrow is right now the odds on Las Vegas favorite to win the Heisman. Oh man. Look at the Las Vegas. Oh, odds. I believe the Las Vegas odds. I mean, I believe that that's what they are, but dude, Dave, he was number five. Dave, in this year's I, I need you, my friend for two seconds. The crimson colored glasses that you've welded to the side of your face over the last two weeks. He is not winning a Heisman Trophy, my guy. I don't think he will either. In fact, he's not. He yeah. does. He can't. He's he's got the Jalen Hurts problem, but in reverse, he doesn't run enough. Yeah. He just stands there. I think half and of his pro- stands there. I think half of his problem and stands there. Anyway, go ahead. Half of his problem was Seth McLaughlin. The other half of his problem was Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese, for sure. Yeah. Well, he won't so, have that problem this year because Kalen DeBoer is bringing his yes man along with him. The guy who's the been number, with him like everywhere that he's ever coached. Here's my you, yes have man. you looked at his offensive sets? Yes, I did, especially against Michigan. Whew. Wow, Who was buddy. the number one defense in the country? Defense. Who stopped us? Defense. Yes. We had opportunities. We shot ourselves in the foot against that defense. You are correct about that. Take the crimson colored glasses. I'm going to write a song and I'm going to play it. People aren't tuning in to listen to sports, but I'm sure they all did want to know my opinion on this because, Adam. People don't listen for our opinions. They listen for us to argue with each other. You know that. Adam, I I consider myself a loved person. I do. Oh. Because my phone, I, I get a text regularly during the day. From 4.30 Wednesday afternoon last week to about 9 o'clock, my phone did not stop vibrating. Just, Dave, are you you okay, Dave? Dave, Mm -hmm. Dave, Dave. Dave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like Blair's type. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I got a Slack message. Hang on, let me find it. This is the message I got from somebody at work. What day was that again? Wednesday. I'm having to go through Slack. This is riveting. Oh, yeah. oh, funny thing is, I was actually in a work meeting when that ESPN notification came out. Yeah. Like, I was sitting face-to-face with my boss, and all of a sudden, has anyone heard from Dave? So, this was the message I got. Not yeah. checking in to see how I was doing. I got 
I wonder how Harbar Harbaugh looks in red. <laughs> I was like, I sent the Harry Potter never went to the fire yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, nobody's checking on me. They were poking the bear. No, they. I've had people poke the bear today too. This week. Well, that too, that's but, what you you enjoy well, that. I poke negative right attention, still attention. Yeah, dude, <laughs> you know me. If anybody pokes at me, they're getting poked right You're back. Getting a poke back. That's right. Yep. So en- enough about football. <clears throat> yeah. So we've got. Uh, in true unrelated at birth fashion. Oh, the hat's backwards, ladies and gentlemen. I wish y'all could have seen that. That was a seamless transition because no headphones. Exactly. That was nice. I I, I miss my headphones, actually. This is kind of weird. But they're not charged. So Not charged. Not charged. Um, Anyway, actually, let me take a sip from my fake Stanley here. <laughs> with the big Alabama sticker on it. Yes. Can I can I just say something really quick before we transition, sure. before we close this out? Because we agreed on this. Let's close on a point we agreed on. Okay. And and an Alabama A out in front of the statue made out of oatmeal cream pies. Can we stop? Yes. Okay, thank you. He didn't Dude's die. Not dead. <laughs> He's no. just old and tired, all right? Dude's <sighs> not dead. I, I just uh, in Eat fact, the, he's walking you around. You wasted forty oatmeal. That's what. That's actually. If Nick Saban walked out and saw you doing that, he'd be like, "What are you wasting those oatmeal cream pies for? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to hand them to me? I'm right right. Here. Either eat them or give them to me. Don't leave them out here for the animals. You know. <laughs> anyway, actually, Adam, you need to go into your office this week. I am in my office. Well, no, you're. you're I did today. Office. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Were you uh, on stage at all? No. Because the man himself was walking around Hollywood Studios today. Who's that? The goat. Saban was at Hollywood Studios. Yeah, he, oh, he I would, that's where I work backstage at the studios. That's funny. I know. That's why. <laughs> huh. Oh well. What would you have done if you were like on stage checking something, and all of a sudden Nick and Terry walk right in front? Ladies and gentlemen, the number one car sa- car salesman in all of Tuscaloosa, Nick Saban. <laughs> Oh, and he's a football coach, too. You know, just the greatest of all time. <laughs> I know. I, I will I will say uh, this. And, you know, yes, there's been a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth for Alabama fans. But I'm going to quote. It's not uh, a biblical plague, y'all. Anyway, go ahead. I, I'm going to quote a good friend of mine, uh, Scott Hooker, uh, who was actually one of my childhood <laughs> uh, choir directors who now lives in Tampa. Oh, um, cool. Choir director at Seminole Baptist Church, I believe, is yeah. the name of the church. I drive past that to go to the beach. Oh, do you? Okay. Well, that's his church. Um, he said, never forget you got to witness greatness. You know, the, the 17 years that he was there, we got to witness the greatest to ever walk the sideline. Yeah. And as sad as it is that he retired, most schools oh, claim yeah. one good coach. Yeah. But at Alabama... We claim the two to, the two greatest to ever to walk the sidelines. It's true. Well, no one will ever be able to take that away from Mike Dubose and Dennis Franchoni. In fact, we're having a problem now. We can't take Denny off the stadium, but we got to name something after Saban. What Bryant Denny Saban Stadium? Bryant Denny Stadium, Nick Saban Field at Bryant Denny Stadium, but we don't name fields. That's an Auburn thing. Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, University Boulevard problem. becomes Nick Saban Boulevard. It could, that, that yeah, could very well. That's generic enough to be renamed. But I mean, Nick deserves something football. You can't take Mal more athletic. No, see, away. but that's the thing. He deserves something. The reason I like the University Boulevard idea is he deserves something school wide. So did Bear. Every no man, that campus has transformed to where they don't care about anything. And I'm not going to get on my soapbox, don't worry. But they don't even care about the academic legacy of what previous students have done. They throw that crap in a closet because they get in the building renovated, baby. He literally changed the face of that university. And I think that ought to be something university-wide. I, I like the University Boulevard idea. But Bear, but the school, Bear actually was instrumental in integrating the school. So, yeah, he's got the whole stadium and Bryant Drive and Bryant Hall. That's true. Could we name it Nick Saban Hall? We could, we should have just hired Kiffin. And when Kiffin won a national championship in four years, we could have named a street lane lane. So, Adam's done with the show. Oh, real quick. Does Scott listen to our show? Probably. Probably. I hope so. Because Seminole First Baptist Church? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that is right next door to the movie theater and a couple of restaurants we go to every time we go to the beach. Literally, like, really? right there. I knew I had seen that before. It's a small world. Well, let me let me double check. Uh, he posts his church a lot on here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. I'll have to... It's right next to the crumble cookie. We got a crumble cookie in town, dude. We're in trouble. Oh, dude. Cr- I didn't know Did they were going to be so big. That they they say crumble cookie, one cookie is four servings. <sighs> Crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in trouble. Is that, is, I saw a real the other say, what do you get when you guzzle down sweets? Adult onset type 2 diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking like, of that, uh-oh. we hadn't even gotten to our topic yet. We have but not, and it's glorious. My girls, ever since we went and saw Wonka, oh, yeah. my girls have been going around saying, Oompa. <laughs> Aiden won't stop listening to that um, chocolate, and there's chocolate. Yeah. Reach into your pocket. That whole song, he plays it over and over now. <laughs> but my my girls will start doing the moves and then one of them goes, stop it. <laughs> they go, once I've started, I can't, can't stop. stop. I love it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I hate that. I liked that movie. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's All wonderful. Right. So before we get into the actual topic of the show, we have questions. Let's go ahead and get the Virgil question. Absolutely. Let me because that the uh, original question man the original i'm a son of a question man all right let's see the only one who could ever ask me <laughs> what's the son of a question man all right here we go virgil asks a question hey guys i got know. this week's um <laughs> virgil asked a question uh, this question's uh laid out a little bit different than a lot of the questions uh, i put up uh what i want to do is uh give you some stats or specs on a piece of equipment, and uh, the two questions will be, uh, what is the technical name for this piece of equipment, and who produced it? All right, starting off, the crew is none aboard. It's semi-autonomous operation. 
The length is 38 feet, 2 inches long. The wingspan is 62.1 feet wide. The height is 10 feet, 5 inches high. The empty weight is 28,837 pounds. The maximum takeoff weight is 44,501 pounds. The power plant is one Whitney, Pratt and Whitney F100-220U turbofan. The range is 2,400 miles. The service ceiling is 42,000 feet. The cruise speed is Mach 0.92, and the armament is two weapon bays that can hold 4,500 pounds. All right, and like I said, the questions are, what is the technical name for this piece of equipment, and who produced it? Do you know? I saw you typing. No, I'm actually looking up something for our other <laughs> yeah, question. Cool. Do you know? Um, Sounds like something Boeing or Lockheed would produce. It's in that realm, right? Like, <clears throat> it's not space. It's not quite your normal fighter jet. It's a Northrop Grumman X-47B. Okay. And it's scary. If you look at pictures of it, it looks honestly like something um, that is a kid's toy. <laughs> you think it was like a kid's toy. But it, it's a semi-autonomous. Yeah. Basically, fighter jet. It's incredible. It's oh, cool wow. stuff. Yeah, it's really neat. X-47B. And if you want to know more about Wonka, he also left a movie review for Wonka that I'll play at the end of the show. So stay tuned. A stinger after the credits. Ooh. Ooh. There you go. All right. All right. Do you want to do the one that you wanted to, you know, just kind of throw on me first? Yeah, actually I would. And, And I have no doubt, Dave, that... So Dave texted me with a biblical question and i told him what if we just threw out a couple of different biblical facts and questions and had a show like that and we haven't done that in a while so we'll get to yours in a minute but i have no doubt that you'll have some knowledge of this in general but i was blown away by it so the caveat is it's the the theory i don't even call it a theory the 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 context around this is based off of a book that is not technically in the bible at least not in the christian bible enoch yes so it was in, I'm doing this thing called the Bible recap. Blair did it last year. She made it through the Bible in a year. She's doing it again. I'm doing it alongside and um, was reading through the flood and how it talks about the word is the Nephilim, Nephilim, Nephilim that existed back then. And one thing that you can read, and there's probably different contextual perceptions and interpretations of why God chose to do the flood. One interesting one was they used the word specifically in the, in the account in Genesis before the flood that man had become wicked, but that the sons of God had gotten with the women of earth right. and the Nephilim were the offspring in theory of that sons and of that, God that's is from Enoch. That's not from, that's from Enoch. The, well, right. that part of it is a good portion of this interpretation is from Enoch, but it does say in Genesis if you read between the lines, that's what they're talking about. It doesn't right. say it. I mean, you, you know, the words they use are different. But that the Nephilim were the sons of God, and wherever sons of God is used, it typically means fallen angels. Mm-hmm. And so God could have potentially chosen to flood the world because the fallen angels had decided to corrupt humanity's bloodline to stop Jesus from being born in the first place. 
my mind yep. was all over the inside of my car <laughs> when I was listening to that. And I know it's based on Enoch, but it's one of those things where you put the pieces together and the Bible is not always explicit and clear on the why. Sovereignty doesn't require that it is, right? Right. But just the fact that that could, there's a, there's a movie in there, man. There's like, I don't want the chosen. I want a movie about that. So they made a movie, but it was horrible. What, oh, the Noah movie? The Noah movie. Yeah, but no, I want like an action, like 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 they just made a movie about the book of Job that's reinterpreted as a modern take, right? Right. I want like a spy behind enemy lines, the enemies making a plot and all this stuff. Like there's a whole story there that I really wish we had a lot more of that was a you know what I part want? of scripture. What's that? I want Jericho. I want the battle oh, of Jericho yeah. Yeah. where the 12 spies go in, Rehoboam sends down the little... yes. All that stuff. Because yeah. I, I have learned more in the last two weeks than I probably have in 30 years around bu- books that I haven't really spent a lot of time in. And because it started out the first half of Genesis, it got to the flood, and then it follows Noah and then all the descendants, and it lists them out you know, right after the flood. And it gets to Abram, Abraham, and then we skipped over to Job because technically, chronologically, Job is next. Chronologically, chronologically Job is well, yes. Well, Genesis is first. Well, Job was written before Genesis. Well, I mean, it, you have the flood. Job's time to be alive right. was after the flood. So chronologically, in terms of the time of the storyline of the Bible, not when it was written, Job was next, so we skipped to Job. There's a lot there that, that God's sarcastic, dude. Who dude, knew, yeah, right? I know. Yeah, gird up your loins like a man and ask me questions. Oh, right, right, Job. I forgot you were there when I created Earth. I forgot you were there. You know, it's like, man, you know, it, well, but, and it, what I, the thing that I've learned the most, though, is that the reason I think a lot of people don't connect is the Bible's written like Shakespeare. Right. Hither. And even if you use the ESV, which we use, even if you don't use King James, it's like, look westward and northward and eastward and southward and all that you survey shall be that which I will give you. And the locust shall not even fall on your branch for 15. Like, nobody talks like that anymore. Literally, if you wrote the book of Job with a conversation over text today, it would be two pages long. Yeah. <laughs> All the conversations he's having with his friends would be like 30 seconds, right? Because we talk differently. But the message goes too far. The message is too informal, right? That translation's too far. And there just, is there yeah. is a translation where it is like, I'm saying, what is it, Gen, Gen Z Bible or something like that? <laughs> and Jesus is like, no cap, I say to you. No cap, my brother. <laughs> no cap, I'd be bussing, you know. But, but no, I, I, it, has, it has been really cool to, to go through this and, and hear things that I really have never, I've thought about but never spent, had the opportunity to spend a lot of time studying or hear more about. Because, you know, when you go on Sunday, the preselected message, we're going to go through the book of Matthew in the next 60 days. Right. Three months, we're going through the book of Matthew. But it just, the, the whole idea that there was a plot by, there could have been, right, if you interpret that, a plot by the enemy to subvert the bloodline of humans so that Jesus wasn't born. Because if you were a fallen angel, you already know how the story ends because you used to be up there with God. Right. Fascinating stuff. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So if you were up there with God above the timeline, do you think God knew? Oh, he did. That That's so, the other thing. So, how do you how so, do you wrap your brain around the fact that he knew sin was going to enter the world and he'd have to have a plan? And then you think to yourself, well, it says in Genesis 1 that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit already existed, so the Son had to have a purpose to be there, which was all along intended to be on the cross. Just, 
So and that's so just half a Genesis, was, man. <laughs> Jesus was predestined to. Uh... <laughs> I will say, let, let, let's let's hang around this topic for one second. Let's go into orbit around this for one quick second. Okay. I um <clears throat> I came across an article the other day that scratched my itch on um on why predestination and and. For context, predestination, we always talk about four-point versus five-point Calvinism. And four-point believes Christ alone, Scripture alone, faith alone, right. But the fifth point is always the sola gratia. Did I right. say that correctly? Yes. Which is, all, is, is God sovereign over who is chosen elect alone. and who isn't, right? And, and it, the, I read an article about that the other day that said, the reason mankind does not like the concept of sola gratia it's because it gives full sovereignty to God over everything. Bingo. And I was like, man, it is true because, and, but you read Romans, you read Ephesians and my logical engineer mind goes to, and my business mind goes to man, what a marketing plan. <laughs> and, and God, please, I'm just, I'm, I'm not saying, please no lightning, but what a marketing plan. If you say I created Jesus, he was here from the beginning of time. Well, he never created well, Jesus. Hold well, on. No, well, he was here from the beginning of time. He existed with me. I created a earthly being that he inhabited, right? All that stuff, right? That's not worded correctly, but you know what I mean. And he came to earth to die for all mankind. And it says several parts in the Bible, he died for everyone, died for everyone, died for all men, who, all who shall believe and all that stuff. But you're not going to believe unless I say you're going to believe. And if I don't say you're going to believe, you're not going to. What kind of marketing plan is that? But, but then, but then you, you get to the, but then you get to the, does the jar ask the potter, why did you right. make me for this purpose? And it literally says, who are you, the created, to ask the creator about anything like that? Can, do you, okay, original sin. This is, this is a very uh, here Presbyterian, we go. very Presbyterian here. Original sin. Are we all evil? Being sons of Adam, are we all born evil without the ability to go to heaven? I get a chill. Um, I know. Is that lightning? No. So say it one more time. Are we born with the ability to choose or not to choose? No, 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 no. Are we born into original sin? As soon as you come out of your mother's womb, you're living in sin. Can, are we a pure child? Like this is this is a very deep and touchy subject. Babies down at childbirth. I don't know. I don't know what happens. But if you die without being given the word or shown the word, and you're two years old. Are you saved? Yeah, it's it's a great. Do, so, do you do you baptize infants at your church? We do, but it's not for that reason. But well, no, no, no. You know not, what I mean? Summit, I mean, we don't. at Summit, we don't. Yeah, that's what I'm the saying. The church I grew up in. Yeah, they do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, shouldn't you though? If you believe that, I think is one interesting point of shouldn't well, you just do it just oh. in case, right? But just in case isn't why baptism was ever created, right? That's not right. why it became the, re- a thing. the reason that we so. baptize. We I say we the, the PCA, the Presbyterian Church, 
in America baptizes infants. It's the New Testament sign of circumcision. This child is set apart. This child is in this congregation. It's the parent's job. It's the church's job to help raise the child. But here's, here's my point. And this is why I asked that that question. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to answer. I'll answer. It. I'll is, answer you. I have an answer for you, but I was just asking that one. Okay, that one clarifying point. But here, here's my point: If you believe that you were born into sin, because one man sinned, we have all sinned. I believe it says that in Romans. Because one has sinned, we all sin. Because one has died, we are all sa- we we are saved if we call upon him. Uh, but because one man sinned, Adam's fall corrupted all of man. So if we are dead in our sin, as it says, you are dead in your trespasses, can a dead person, not named Lazarus or Jesus, can a dead person breathe life back into their lungs and start living again? I think the answer, we all know that answer. No. no. So if we believe that we are dead in our sins, the only way that we can be brought again to life is to be called by God. So that that's that's where I'm I come at with predestination. Well so let's talk about original sin real quick. And this is a heavy topic. No, it is. I mean we're getting this into is the, not this what is, you this listen is, to unrelated at birth for normally. Your topic is is light. My topic was light. We combined two light topics and got into something deep. I don't know how, but we did it. That's unrelated at birth. That's kind of how we do things. Romans 5. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men. Oh, well, so there you go. That's the verse even that the I was su- Even about. the Southern Baptist in me doesn't deny that. I also say there is none righteous, no, not one. It didn't say, right. and me and Blair were actually just talking about this today. It doesn't say there is none righteous after the age of 18. There is none righteous what they've decided to sin, and they said their first cuss word or smoke their first cigarette. It doesn't say that. It says there is none righteous. And I was reading something the other day that said that God's standard, because he himself is pure, just, and holy, we can never reach a level of righteousness in anything that we ever did that meets his standard. Anything below that deserves condemnation, deserves eternal punishment, right? And we can never reach that, no matter what we did. Even if we didn't sin, we're still not God. We still don't rise to that standard. And if we didn't sin in the way we think about it, we can never reach perfection like that to not deserve that. You realize what you're doing, sir, right? I don't think that's a Presbyterian thing, though. It's very Presbyterian. I don't it's think that's very, a Presbyterian. I don't think is, if you talk to Baptists, uh, uh, a lot of the Baptists, I don't, I don't think any of them would say that we are. Now, I think you would have some of them say there is an age of decision, like a five-year-old. But I don't, I don't think that God in his, he didn't speak to it in the Bible, Right. And it doesn't say clearly that this is something that's man trying to figure out the ways. And it says in Genesis, there are things God has revelation. There are things God has. We'll never understand. This is one of them, but I don't, I don't think that God would sit there and look at a two-year-old and be like, (laughs) you know, um, right. The least of these. Right. Right. It's a, it's a heavy topic. It is. But I think, I do think that age of discernment that, that you hear about always growing up in a Baptist church or Mm -hmm. I think that's something man-made just kind of make us feel better. Well, I think it's us trying to portray the characteristics we know of God onto things that the Bible didn't speak to. And we know God is loving. We know God is merciful. Therefore, why would he? But he looks at things a little bit differently than we do. And we'll never, the truth is we'll never know. And here's, here's my thing about predestination. And, and this is a non-Presbyterian, non-Baptist thing to say. 
I don't care. I okay. I'll, I'll I'll be straight with you. We're visiting a Reformed Baptist church down the road right now. Look, at and you. I didn't want to tell you because I knew you were gonna be like, oh look, man. No, 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 I know. I'm not going to say. I that. Know, I know. Yeah, you will. You'll text me later and say, "See, I told you so." You will. No, I'm not um, going to say that. <laughs> you'll think it. <laughs> so anyway, the reason I say that is, um, I had a conversation with somebody up there today and they're very five point, very like, there's no question about it. And the thing for me is that I don't, I, I don't, I don't, here. yeah, you're pumping your fist. And, and this, but this, this, this is my point as someone who has been on the away team for 30 years, <laughs> right? And it's funny because this conversation was in the basketball gym that they have there. With someone who's been on the away team for 30 years to even consider this topic is a big deal because no one ever preached Romans and Ephesians where it specifically speaks to those predestination terms and all of that. I never had a sermon on that in 30 years. I never heard our old pastor or any of the three churches we went to in St. Cloud was not a topic that was ever preached on. And so my question then is, if it wasn't preached on, is it not biblical? Or because it didn't line up, did they just act like it wasn't there? And so I've done a lot of research. I've done a lot of digging. And the truth of the matter is, it says it in the Bible. It does. And mm-hmm. it's it, the part for me that's always been hard to wrap my brain around with that whole concept is, what about the person next door who never had a chance? But here's the, here's the difference. Hang on. Let me, let me finish because I'm going to say what you're already going to say anyway. For any of us human beings, age of discernment aside, let's just, let's just look at adults because that's the happy thing. Not the happy thing, but we don't want to talk about kids. Let's just talk about adults, right? For any of us adults, age of discernment or otherwise, we know we've sinned. Guaranteed we have at some point in our lives. None of us deserve anything from God. Right. And the big thing that's jumped out to me in this Bible recap is the concept of mercy and grace. It says in the Bible, rain shall fall. On the just and the unjust. The just and the unjust get to wake up every day. They get to have breath in their lungs. They get to have molecules that form the ground that they stand on, their houses above their head. That's grace. That's getting something that you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting something that you do deserve. So even the person that God may not have chose does not have a claim to stake on it and say, you didn't give me that. Right? Like our kids Mm -hmm. can't say, you didn't give me dessert. So I can fully articulate both sides of this issue now to the point where I've decided I don't care. However he decides to do it, he is going to do it, which technically means that I believe that he's sovereign, and therefore if I believe he's sovereign, then he's sovereign over everything I know. But I honestly, (laughs) stop doing a victory lap. This is what I was talking about. This is why I didn't want to tell you you're doing a victory lap in your office. Listen, (laughs) Listen to me, though. I honestly believe that this topic is one of man's is a good example of one of man's ways to keep the church from being as effective as it can be. I agree. Because, I agree. because the, the, the person, and I'm not saying you're doing it. The person that I was talking to was like, Oh yeah, I got some friends that go over to this other church that you guys have visited before. And I just pray the Holy spirit lets them see the light around Calvin. It's like, no, as long as they no. believe in Jesus. Right. And it can become a away team versus home team kind of thing. And it, and that's the problem that I have with it more than the theology itself. So, so, so let me, let me, I, I've, I've been to churches my whole life, except for the one I'm going to now, sure. but I've been to churches my whole life that have that same mentality. Let me, let me 
open the door for you and show you why. To me, the way I've been taught, the way I, I believe, <clears throat> how much more do you understand grace while I'm doing the whole pause thing for dramatic effect? But I'm just waiting for much, you to say something that's from a song, and then you know I'm just going to bust in. Go ahead. I know. How much more do you understand the the just the amazing grace? How sweet the sound that saved um, of when Jesus is dying on the cross. God said, "Adam Russell, I'm doing this for you. David Adams, I'm doing this for you." So to me, and I'm going to use a a phrase that you're probably not going to like because it's, it might sound a way team home team, but to me to spit in the face of God and say, yeah, thanks for doing that for me. But I chose that. It's limiting the sovereignty of God. No, that, that is true. That is, that is the one thing that article that I read that got me kind of really thinking about how I feel about this is said that we just, we as humans, reject predestination on its face because it takes all of the control away from us over everything. Right. All of it. Like there's nothing he's not sovereign over at that point. And we at least want to say that we have a choice on our, at least our eternal destination. Okay. But then when you have an arrow and you fire an arrow, it's just, I get it. I know. know. (laughs) Right. But it's, but it's, but but that's just how, yep. My logical engineer mind still, after all that I've read and everything, it doesn't stop me. From, from going anywhere or anything like that, but my logical engineer mind gets tripped up on someone never having a choice. That's a hard thing after 30 years and never hearing that. That's a hard thing to grasp that they never had a choice to begin with. And why would God create somebody to live a good life and be a good person? And what they did in the world was good. And then they still end up on the wrong side of things just because he didn't choose. But it says again, just like Job said to just like God said to Job, gird up your loins. And God told him, this is what we're going to do. He says, who are you the created being to even ask that question? Right. And it's like, if that God had to tell Paul, if we believe that the Bible was divinely inspired, God told Paul, write this down. Who are you? No word for word, Paul, come on. Who are you? Yes, that's right. To ask that question, period. I mean, I, it, it just... Casting crowns. Every, everybody knows them. Every Christian oh, knows Oh, gosh, are they reformed? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They are. <laughs> Who am I? That's why I listen to Mercy Me. No, care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I that the bright and morning star would choose to light the way for my ever-wondering heart? Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. Yeah. It, but, but see, a, Bab- a Baptist would look at that too and say that that doesn't speak to that doctrine. That's the thing. They, they would say it doesn't speak directly to that. So that, that's the thing. At the end of the day for me, I know at this church we're going to go through a few weeks of welcome classes that eventually this topic's going to come up. And at the, do, how, do, how do people join your church? May I ask that? We go through class. and Do you get to do an interview? No. They do an interview, and then the, a lot, the congregation a lot of votes. Church, now, a lot of churches, the church, the Reformed church I went to before I went to this one, Reformed Baptist church I went yeah. to, we did an interview. But 
it was so small. I knew everybody. Well, and this is more like a testament. Like, what is your personal testament? We want to get to okay. know you kind of thing. It's like, now you yeah. know us. Now we want to know you. But I, I'll be honest with you. For me, personally, <clears throat> I look at, I'm already in a men's Bible study. The kids love going there. All of us are excited to get up and go. And I've gotten to the point where God is, God knows if he chooses or doesn't choose. And it actually says in the Bible that he does. But if you, whether or not you stick to the literal interpretation that he predestined people, right? If I'm excited to go to church and learning more about the word, and I believe God has his way of saving people, and I don't have any control over that at the end of the day, and they still say at this church, go and evangelize and make disciples of all nations, and you have to be the tool that God uses, whether or not they're predestined or not, does it really matter at the end of the day? And if see, we're fed and we're in a church where the people, they literally have talked, they, like the, the nursery people have told the elementary people, have told the other people, we walk in, they're like, oh, you guys are the Russells, right? That has never happened at any church I've ever gone to. As an adult, awesome. not one single time. Well, okay, that's so not does, good. Does, that's it, awesome does it really matter here. whether or not I'm a four and a half or four and three quarter point? Nah, you're five. <laughs> you're five now, sir. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, but it, to me, to to let that hinge on whether or not I'm fully on board with something that the Bible talks about directly, I'm not going to let that stop us. If, so it, if it's a good fit, Summit if it's a good fit, it. I'm not going to let it stop yeah. us. Summit is actually we're a five point at Summit. But you would never. There are there are there are three points at summit. There's four yeah. points at summit. Yeah, it doesn't I, matter. I talked to a dude um, last Wednesday, our first Wednesday that we went. I talked to a guy and and, and I said we're Southern Baptists. He goes, yeah, we're really similar in a lot of ways. There's a couple of differences. He said, but honestly, he said I never heard anybody talk about Calvinism until the last few years. There've been visitors from Southern Baptist churches that have come in and asked us, "Are you guys Calvinists?" He says that's the first time anybody ever said that word in this church. Yeah, He said, we're just a bunch of Bible-believing people that take God's word for what it is. And when the Bible speaks, we speak to it. And where it was silent, we have we hold our beliefs with an open hand if the Bible didn't speak directly to it. you know, Amen. That kind of stuff. So I yep. don't disagree with any of that. So anyway, we but are visiting a Reformed church, Dave. I'm proud of you. It's close no. to home, and it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, but here, here's my thing, It's got all the checkboxes. Yeah, I believe in predestination. Yes, I believe that there are. You want the frozen chosen. <laughs> wow. But here's the deal. Here on earth, I don't know if my neighbor's chosen or not. Exactly. But I've been called to go and tell the nations. Go tell my neighbor. Go tell the nations. Go tell whoever I talk to. Yeah. So does it matter if God called them or not? I'm still going to tell them about Christ. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I read something too. It says, if someone ever came to you and you're sharing the gospel, like, do you believe in predestination? And they're like, yes, I do. That they're chosen. Well, I, I don't feel led. I don't think I'm chosen. Well, you could be, do you believe? All you got to do is believe. And if you believe you were given faith as a gift, and then you're chosen. Right. Well, I would never. Well then <laughs> if you would never, why does it bother you? Th those are the types of things that I've read that make, uh, are making sense. But again, it's not, it's not that some switch flip. It's that I've never been presented with those things you know i've never For the been, past 10 years i oh, presented it no, to you i know you did but it's like in in sermons and in like bible studies and things like that but it, it was funny because oh. i visited and the website says i'll, I'll close with this and then we can get to your fun topic but the website says we are situated typically between the within the baptist evangelical and reformed um traditions and i thought okay within think of venn diagram 
where all of those overlap. <laughs> no, I knew they, the, the book for this Bible study was from Ligonier Ministries. I was like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to have to reconcile this, aren't I? So I've done a lot of wrestling. I've been, I've been wrestling. Just when you like see R.C. Sproul, you just, oh, yes, desiring go. God. And then they went to CrossCon, and John Piper spoke to the youth. And I was like, oh, man. The youth got to hear Piper? They did. They did, in person. Oh, I think he's goodness. speaking again at this one. You could be a chaperone. Hey, move down here and join our church. And then you, too, could hear John Piper. Just saying. If there you could was get a ever... job down. I'm, I'm going to throw this back. You could get a job down here. Yeah, Amanda already works for NASA. It's right up the road. I know, right? From here to from here to Port or um, Cape Canaveral is a short drive. Oh yeah, only two hours. <laughs> only two days is more like it. All right, so let's Look, let's talk about fun. I haven't gotten out of my house in five days, so <laughs> it's because it's only five degrees. Yeah. All right. Wow, that fun topic. topic. Took a fun lot topic. Than I it was. <laughs> fun topic. Please. All right. So you get me talking on reformed faith. I'm, I, I go, man. Yeah. It's, I just don't see it as that far of a difference. I really don't. I think we have created this Arminianism, Calvinism divide, I think does more harm than good. It does. But when we'll get off this topic because you, I can go forever now. Um, anyway. All right. So we were sitting in church talking yeah. at church uh pastor brought up then god said let us make man in our this is genesis 126 then yep. god said let us let us make man in our own image us being the father the son and holy spirit in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth mm. and every other creeping thing that creeps on the earth got me thinking and for me to have this thought, a little scary considering the uh, the industry that my town is based on, built on, and the industry that I work in is space exploration biblical. For God said, "Let them have dominion over the earth." Doesn't say the heavens. Mm. In fact, other places in the Bible. Uh, it says, and I, I was actually looking this up earlier. Um, where did it go? Did I lose it? Oh, one more page. Ah, here it is. Psalm 115. Uh, where's it? The heavens are the Lord's heavens, yep. but the earth he has given to the children of man. Yep. So what do we do? <laughs> and then Psalm I think Amanda needs a new job. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my best shield, behold, you are there. So I have thoughts. I, this is one of those gray areas, I believe, where the Bible doesn't really say yay or nay. You know, like we talked about predestination versus you know, there are the age of discretion or whatever it is. This, yeah. this is, this is a gray area. Um, I wonder, you know, we have had so many failures to get past the moon. I wonder if this is God saying, yeah, nope. You know, when you play a video game and you go past 
a wall that you're supposed to, and it kind of throws you back into. I wonder if this is God saying, Hmm. yeah, I gave you dominion over earth, but no, you ain't going further than this. So, so we are not assuming as part of this conversation that there is a firmament. The earth is round. Okay, good. I'm just making sure. The earth is round. We're talking a sphere with an atmosphere that you can actually exit, right? Okay, good. Yes, it is spherical. Anybody who lives in Florida has seen that happen bajillions of times. So anyway. Right. um, One of my favorite things is etymology when you study the Bible. And I actually learned that from the pastor of the church we used to go to, and I'm sad that we might not see him as much. But online services are there for a reason. I love etymology. So here's one for you. So the Hebrew word... In Psalm, what was it? Where did you just read from? Psalm 115? Yep. The Hebrew word um, translated as heaven and heavens is shamayim. And it actually occurs in the plural form back to back. And its similar wording is found in Deuteronomy, 1 Kings, 2 Chronicles, where they use the singular form shamay followed by the plural form shamayim. They're translated as the highest heaven or the heaven of heavens. So in that rendering... That heaven is referring to God's heaven where his throne is, like the holy of holies, the heaven of heavens. And in that case, if it's the plural, it's the heavens of heavens, right? Even more emphatic that it's out there. So I think it's referring to that. You could also say on the flip side, it says in the Bible that all things in God's creation are good, right? Right. If Mars really exists off of our flat earth, that's God's creation too. But our, all but, the way out to Pluto, which is a planet, dadgummit. It that, is a planet. <laughs> that is God's creation, too. But, so. but man is looking to further his domination of another planet. In Genesis 1, it says we're giving you dominion over, over Earth. Earth. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this is God saying, I gave you dominion over Earth. You aren't going, you know, this, this, this could be the next tower of Babel. This could be, you know, where he, he says, nah, we ain't doing this. Well, I think we have to, this is the problem ultimately. And yes, an engineer is going to say this out loud. This is the problem with science. Whoa. Why are we doing it? Right. Are we doing it to further our understanding of his creation? to find out what something else is out there or to plant our SpaceX corporate flag on Mars first so that we can charge the fees to watch the subscription of the live feed of the first moon or Mars base go up, et cetera, right? What are we doing it for? But if you think about it, God made it really hard, really hard. Gravity, Mm -hmm. atmosphere, reentry requires a lot of fuel. And it took a lot of people with some interesting backgrounds to get us rockets that could get us off of Earth. Yeah, that was a shot at your boy. Um, oh, I know it was. <laughs> he made it really difficult. But at the same time, we figured it out. We did. And if God is sovereign, he meant for us to figure it out. Hmm. That's a good Yes. When the first rocket launched and it actually made it out there and the men landed on the moon, he was not surprised. That's very true. And when we landed on the moon, what's the first what's one of the first things they did? Read the Bible and took the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Maybe that's why that's one of the few missions to ever succeed as well as it did. 
Just saying. Mm. Just saying. You know, you, you, you crap on Warner Von Braun. <laughs> but let me, let me read you one of my favorite quotes from the man that you crap on. My experiences with science led me to God. Mm. They challenged science to prove the existence of God. But must we really light a candle to see the sun? Mm. Vow. Vena had good words. <laughs> he was a very devout Lutheran, actually. I know. I know. <laughs> I didn't make a face. What are you talking about? No, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. Interesting. I did not know. He was a very strong Christian. So you're saying that when it comes to when it comes to Von Braun, I'm triumph the insult comic dog? Yes. He was a wonderful rocket designer for me to poop on. Yes. Yeah, just like that. You you don't like Von Braun yeah, for your, some reason. Your folks. Not mine yet. Your folks that got questions. Isn't yeah. that one of the reform websites um actually have an article about how should a christian view the idea of mars colonization oh christians do not need to fear mars colonization efforts it is not akin to abandoning earth or the world god has given us the bible tells us everything in god's creation were created for god's glory if we're not forbidden from exploring our world we can assume the same holds true for other planets and that's the only word i have a problem with in that article is assume but again, if the Bible is silent on it, because what we interpret heavens and outer space as, that, it, it, can I be honest with you? That's one of the yeah. problems that I've, the engineer mind in me is the only thing I really wrestle with nine times out of 10 when it comes to this stuff. It feels sometimes like the Bible's written from the perspective of the scientific knowledge that man had at the time. We've learned so little about the spiritual realm that wasn't already given to us and learned so much about science that I think it distorts the context. That's what my rational, that's what my spiritual self says is that we read it totally out of context now, right? We do. They didn't need to know that stuff to understand the things about God. And now we want to understand everything because I can sit here and talk to you while I watch supermarket sweep and pull up a tab to check a score on a sports game. And I have all the information available to me all the time. And I just want to know everything. But information is not equal wisdom. And exactly, exactly. I think that is in and of itself the the problem here. Yeah. Is we know so much the now. You know, but if you go I hate to The Chosen's a great show. If you've never watched it, it's actually take it for face value. Don't take it as the scripture. It's entertainment. Yeah. It's entertainment. But it it really does show how just enthralling following jesus was that is the one thing i'll give it is you 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 don't want to learn your theology from the chosen any more than you learn your history from hamilton on broadway right i mean right right it it it, don't change too much about it but at the same time it's like what i like about is it like i said earlier the scriptures come across as very shakespearean a lot of the times you can't relate to it it puts a face to a name that tells jokes and laughs, and you know that he did that stuff. It's just not important right. for that to be recorded. Now, a lot of that is assumed and added, well, but it, it humanizes thing. this thing that feels very cold sometimes yeah. to someone who's not knowledgeable and doesn't already have a relationship. You know, Jesus was funny. Yeah, you and know, God was sarcastic. Like God was sarcastic again. I'm going to go back to that, but he had to have been. He's they're the same person. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you know? it, it it's it's the disciples falling asleep in in the Garden of Gethsemane while he's praying. There is hurt in what he's saying. Oh, for sure. But I take it as you know, there are times when you and I have conversations. I'm I'm like Adam, you hurt me, man. You, you but I say it in dude, you couldn't even text me. Right. I mean that's kind of what you were insinuating earlier when you said you never wrote me back about how cold it was here that kind of thing yeah Yeah. but but it's like jesus was hurt but he understood how tired those y'all couldn't even stay awake guys come on you had one job kind of thing right exactly yeah it's it's he's not that like i hear so much humor yeah and sarcasm in the way he he talks with his disciples sometimes. Yeah. And we can we can thank the King James version for that not feeling that way. I think if you read a lot of the more modern interpretations that are more faithful, that's a big criteria. But ESV again, one I really like for various reasons. It it has some of that come through. You can feel it and see it in there. But when you're stuck in the King James or New King James, it's a lot harder with the verily, verily, thou's, thy's, and yeah. these. You know. It's tougher, but yeah. yeah. One 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 thing I do like did do like about the chosen is it shows, and I have to I, I had to do a lot of research on this, and this this comes through in the chosen, and also when you really know the story, it comes through in the Bible. The tension between Matthew and Peter <laughs> that there because if you look at it, if you look at how the other gospels, Mark, Luke, and John wrote. Peter was a strong man. Yeah. But if you look at how Matthew wrote Peter, he was this weak loser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love um, my, one of my favorite Bible verses because it's one of those moments where, because again, if you believe that all scripture is divinely inspired and was write this down, right? John 20 verse four. And let me find the ESV real quick. I'm scrolling through. Here it is. Both of them are running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached yeah. the tomb first. <laughs> it's like yep. that. God was like, fine, I'll let you put that in there, you know, kind yeah. of thing. It's like, yeah, because that shows it doesn't all have to be fire and brimstone, whatever the term of choice is, right? But, well, the, the other thing I like about it, too, is in that same account, it, this is where you have to know cultural backgrounds. Sure. In that same account... It said Mary got there first. Mm. Mary talked to Jesus. Mary went. Do you know why they did that? It wasn't because Mary was chosen. It wasn't because Mary was blessed. It wasn't because Mary was his girlfriend or anything like that. In that day and age, if a woman said something first, it was fake. Yeah. Fake news. And Right. And men definitely wouldn't say, oh, yeah, 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 that, that happened. That happened. But because you had disciples going up to the Sanhedrin and saying, Mary got there first. Mary showed me. It happened. Yeah. And and it it you know went down from generation to generation to generation down to generation. You know, when word of mouth was still a thing, when you hear a woman saw it first. Yeah. It was a big deal. Yeah. So we have a, a guy, one of our, one of our elders at the church is, he's an engineer like you. So he looks oh, at things fancy. very, very linear, linear, linearly. Yeah. Linearly. And 
I, I've told him, told him David Conrad, he needs to do this every, every time we start a new book, but he's done it two or three times where he will give you the historic context that the book was written in. We did that with Titus yeah. a couple week, couple months ago. And Titus was this hub around Italy where everybody came in and Paul left Titus at crate crate to, to go and, you know, help with all this stuff and knowing the historical context of why it was written like it is and who it was written to, why it was, it helps you learn a lot about the books itself. Yeah. So I challenge you, if you're actually going and reading a book of the Bible and it, you're, you're struggling to understand why it is written the way it is, learn the historical context around the time frame. Yeah. And if I can real quick, the, the Bible recap again is the, it's a podcast and a book and a study guide. It's all of that, but it's a yearly journey through the Bible. I think they're on the sixth or seventh year of doing it. One of the things they do is when you move to a new book, they link a, a video from the Bible project that talks oh, cool. about that book. So if you do have a book, you can go out to YouTube and they just link it there. But YouTube's it's called the Bible project and they have an introductory video for every book of the Bible. And the thing about that one that's cool is I think that's a Christian and a, and a guy who's Jewish. And so one is really knowledgeable about the Torah and all of that. And the other one is really knowledgeable about how the new covenants that came about in the new Testament, but they talked with each other just about God's truth yeah. that's shown in the Bible and all of that. So it's, it's a really good, they have a podcast too. That's a really good cool. one. But that's cool. There you go. Well, there you go. I'm sure they're talking about us on their next show too. Do what? I said, I'm sure they're talking about us on their next show. Oh, of course. Of right? course Why not? Yeah. Um, there's this week's show guys, I, guys and gals, this isn't our normal show, but it we, could, we told y'all be. when we came back, if everybody likes it, it could be right. Well, it could be, but we told y'all when we came back that we're, we're not going to give you just the jovial all the time joke show or there, there's going to be a lot more us baked into this show. And this is, you know, we, we have always said that unrelated birth is a true text conversation of Adam and Dave. You have just heard 30 years of texting tonight it's literal, literally true. <laughs> I, mean, I can't count the number of times this conversation has come up yeah. and in all joking aside you know adam said i'm doing victory laps i am because see here it comes here comes the i told so, you so for 30 years i've been arguing the point that adam just argued back to me tonight but so, i ended it i don't care okay so leave me alone. Well, true but <laughs> I, I, I will say, let me, let me close out with this. If you go to a church, if, if you enjoyed the last half of the show in this conversation, I would say really inspect the things that you and your denomination believe, understand them yep. and understand why you don't believe what the other people do. And just know, because I can't count on one hand, the number of people I've come across that I could probably ask at most churches we've been to about things like this that can have a informed conversation like this. And I'm not saying everybody, but there's not very many people aside from you that I can have a conversation about this. And they would say, I think a lot of people be like, I didn't even look at that. Or I didn't know my church believed that. Make sure that you just know yep. that way. You're never a, Oh gosh, I almost spilled my coffee. You're never Ooh. going to be surprised, but also it's just what we're supposed to do. And I'll, and I'll say, close this point with this. We learned today in our men's Bible study. It talks about in the Bible, the milk of the word. 
and how your preacher gives you the milk of the word. He's chewing the food and partially digesting the food, but then regurgitating it back to you. It's like mother's milk, right? Yeah. It's, it's giving you the nutrients you need to survive, but eventually you have to grow up and move on to the solid food of the Bible. And that's the type of thing that moves you from being a spiritual infant to a spiritual toddler, et cetera, et cetera. So just know why, wherever you fall, even if you're not making Dave dude victory laps, just know why. <laughs> I, that's and, all I ask. Again, if you don't believe in predestination, but you believe that Christ died on the cross for your sins, all that you are my brother. You are my sister. That's all that matters. I, I don't. I, 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 there are there are deep theological things that can divide us, but it all comes down to whose are you? If you are resting in the loving arms of our Christ and, and Savior, then you're my brother or sister. That's it. I have disagreements with you, but that, it, 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 in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter in the eternal world. The eternal world is at the end, at when the trumpet's calling, we're all going to be on our knees, praising God, singing his praises, in front of the throne room of the Almighty. And in the Shamayim, as it were. Thank you. And, and that's the end goal. All right, y'all. We'll have another fun conversation. <laughs> Next week, top 10 list and movie reviews, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the, we wanted, I want, Adam and I both wanted to start the year off with a, a deep conversation. And I, I think. We we hit our fun light conversation there in the middle, and at the end, but that deep one, whoo, that got deep. Uh, that wasn't on the list either. No, it wasn't. You, you was threw that at me. I love it, and I rolled with it. I was talking about angel giants and offspring in the flood, and then all of a sudden, predestination, right in the middle of it. Anyway, yeah. all right. But anyway, if you want to join in the show. Uh, we got our socials. We've got Unrelated Birth Listener Group. Uh, we've got liking us on Facebook. We, we've got everything, blah, blah, blah. Adam, if they want to call the show and tell us something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Say anything, um, John Cusack. Uh, yeah, you can call us on the delivery line, like Virgil, who asked the questions. 863-345-0088, You'll hear a brief message, which I don't know if I've personalized yet. Maybe that's why nobody's leaving a voicemail. Anyway, um, after the beep, leave a hot take, leave a question, leave a favorite Bible verse, favorite color, recipe you discovered this week. We'll play it and we'll talk about it as long as it's PG, not PG-13. 13. TVY7. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, next, leave, leave a voicemail and we'll play it on the show. Hey, next week we can get into Christian hedonism. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and that was the last time he visited the Reformed Baptist Church after two weeks of talking about this type of thing. <laughs> oh. Anyway. That week we had Alexander Wade on was great, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should do it again. <laughs> Under new auspices. Anyway. Oh, that'd be great. 
But anyway, guys, we love y'all. We we truly do. Uh, through thick and thin, we do. Um, I, 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 y'all listen to us every week. Y'all ask us how about our personal lives. You interact with us on the socials. We could get two of you listening, and we'd still do this. This is just a fun, creative output for for Adam and I. But the fact that we have people that that really enjoy going on this journey with us, it's, it it means a whole lot. And uh, I, y'all will never know how how much it means. And I, I appreciate it. Um, we'll talk to y'all in a couple of weeks, Adam. I think it's time for you to take them home. Yeah, here we go. And don't forget the stinger after the credits, everybody. But remember, we love you, but not as much as Jesus does. Stay safe out there. Be kind to one another. No matter what you believe, know why you believe it. And we will talk to you again next time. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, um, last week um, the part of the uh, podcast that you guys did, you were discussing movies. Well, I wanted to talk about a movie. I've recently uh, had the opportunity to view, and that is the new Wonka movie. I have to say that uh, that was probably one of the best made movies um, all the way around. Uh, even though it does have musicals in it, and quite a few of them, but they were still good. Um, everything in it was good. The casting was good. Hugh Grant as the Oompa Loompa was spot on. That was absolutely um, a gift to that show. But that was one of the best movies I've seen in a while, um, and I got to see it with my family my entire family, so uh, that made it even better. All right, thanks, guys. Looking forward to the next podcast. Bye.